is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Congratulations to you, patriotic Americans, all across the country. Look what's going on in New Jersey. Nobody expected that. Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, Colorado, Seattle, Minneapolis, Patriotic Americans who have one thing in common, their love for this country, who want to take their country back. I've been listening to a lot of the 2020 analysis on TV and radio. They get some of it. They don't get all of it. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, I do things a little differently here behind this microphone. I don't wait for events to occur and then comment on them. Certainly I comment on them. But as I've said all along, I'm an activist. I'm an activist. You'll notice nowhere through this entire this entire revolution against the counter-revolution will you find the Republican establishment, the Mitch McConnell's, And their ilk. You didn't find them during the rise of the Tea Party. You didn't find them during the rise of the Reagan Revolution or the Trump Revolution. We need to keep an eye on these people. Because what they will try to do is hijack this movement. Define this movement. Create their own narrative. And then try to control it. And if they can't control it, they'll try to destroy it. This is what they tried to do with the Tea Party. And the Trump revolution. I'm telling you the pure facts. What happened here. Was a revolt. By the American people. Against these American Marxist movements. Critical race theory. 
the degrowth, climate change, war on capitalism, the attack on representative government. They don't get it at CNN or MSNBC. They don't get it in most places, quite frankly. Even many of our friends don't quite get it. The fact of the matter is, 2020 hindsight after the fact analysis is important. But that's not activism. How many times did we say here over the course of the last eight months, we must build and we will build a movement, a movement against these Marxist movements, against critical race theory, against the transgender movement, against no-growth, anti-capitalist, Green New Deal. How many times did we say we were doing this under the radar? That they didn't even realize what you, millions of you, what we were doing together. We enlisted the examples of Thomas Paine in his pamphlet, The American Crisis, using American Marxism, which now is on its way to 1.2 million copies in your hands. And you, the Paul Revere's and the Paulette Revere's. Yes. It was no coincidence liberty and tyranny and the Tea Party came out simultaneously any more than it's coincidental that American Marxism and this new movement have come together simultaneously. I noticed last night friend and fall like kept lying about the impact of President Donald Trump. They can't stop talking about Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump won last night too. All throughout the state of Virginia, the Democrats were campaigning against Donald Trump. And they lost. Donald Trump won. Youngkin won. 55% of the Hispanics in Virginia voted for Youngkin and the Republicans. 55%. And yet on CNN, MSNBC, and elsewhere, they're trying now to pin racism, dog whistles, their usual propaganda on Youngkin. A man of great faith. You'll recall, and again, just a reminder of what actually happened and what's going to continue to happen throughout villages, towns, states, counties across America. Americans saw the rise of American Marxism and they didn't like it one damn bit. And as I wrote, American Marxism has made great progress toward instituting its goals over the last several years, and that includes critical race theory. If it is to be defeated as it must, albeit a daunting and complex mission, its existence must first be acknowledged and labeled for what it is. The urgency of the moment must be realized, and the emergence of, and this is the key, a unified, patriotic front, a previously docile, divergent, and or disputatious, that is disputing, societal, cultural, and political factions and forces, which have in common their belief that America is worth defending, must immediately galvanize around and rally to the cause. 
We must rise to the challenge, as did our founding fathers, when they confronted the most powerful force on earth, the British Empire, and defeated it. And admittedly, in numerous ways, today's threat is more Byzantine, as it now inhabits most of our institutions and menaces from within, making engagement difficult and complicated. But I fervently believe America as we know it will be forever lost if we do not prevail. Last night we prevailed. It's only one battle of many to come. The battle for the culture goes on. The opposition must be defeated. It must be crushed. You and I witnessed what took place in November across the country. You and I witnessed how Democrat lawyers changed the voting systems in state after state after state. You and I witnessed how counting continued well after election day. You and I witnessed how boards of elections, governors, secretaries of states, state supreme courts and other courts interfered with the election to assist Biden and the Democrats. We saw it. You and I saw what they did to Donald Trump with Russia collusion, the coup efforts, the impeachment efforts, and all the rest. We saw all this. And we galvanized. And we rallied against American Marxism. This is lost on most hosts on cable TV who live in bubbles and are too preoccupied with their own egos. They're not activists. They're not activists. They're commentators. I'm both. April 7, 2021. Cut one, go. So I just want you to know that I am, in fact, not just a Pollyanna, get behind the microphone, talk a few hours, two or three, and then run off to some local cafe. I don't do that. I never will do that. Some of us fight these, these uh, issues, this agenda, this tyranny in different ways. We all have our roles, right? And I've been blessed with this role. The ability to speak behind a microphone in front of a TV camera and to write. That's what I do. Ideas do have consequences, as you can see all around you. Ideas have consequences. Now is not the time to be silent. Now is not the time to be passive. Now is not the time to be an observer in your own role, in your own life. Talk to the people in your community. Talk to the people in your neighborhood, your church, your synagogue, your mosque. Talk to the people you come in touch with. You can be the modern-day Thomas Paine in your role. And affect very many people more than you think. Alert them to what's taking place. Don't be afraid to be called names or to be characterized. People who do that are the enemy. The enemy who wants to to silence you. And if you get effective enough, and you're targeted even more, take pride in what you're doing. When I'm attacked by a newspaper or some media outlet, I attack back. But I always smile. Because if they didn't fear me, they wouldn't attack me. Find what's going on. Find what the hell's going on in your classrooms, in your school district. You pay for those damn schools. You pay the teachers. You pay the administration. You pay for the textbooks. Find out what's going on in your schools. Whether you have children in those schools or not. Attend the board meetings. Demand that you want to see what the curricula is. All of it. 
You want to know what those kids are being taught in your community, the next generation. Demand it. April 7th. April 21. Cut to go. I have been working very, very hard over the course of a long period of time, but especially now, on what I consider my most important book ever. Ever. Given what's going on in this country. I can't give you the title. I can't get into it yet, but hopefully in a week or two. And it should be finally completed by this summer. It is the most important book I've ever written. It's the longest book I've ever written. And, you know, you and I together, many of you, we helped launch the Tea Party movement. I don't take credit for anything, but it was very, very important. And in part, that was done as a result of liberty and tyranny. But it was simultaneous. I'm hoping we can do something similar here, because we're going to need to. We need to save our country. Our country's under attack from forces mostly within. And we better get this resolved or we're going to lose this country. We're going to lose our children in these classrooms, these indoctrination mills. They've already taken over our colleges and universities. They've already taken over our newsrooms. We need to get our act together. We need to have something to rally around. We need to have some ideas about what we're going to do about this. So this is the most important book I've ever written. Ever. And I'm also hoping that kids that are going to go off to college, read it. You can get it at a library. You don't have to buy it. It's not on Amazon yet. I'm pulling, I've held it back. But I'm hoping all of you read it because you need to be the Thomas Paines and the Paul Revere's. And I'm not kidding. April 26, go. And the goal here is the same goal I had as a young man when I worked hard in Pennsylvania for the Reagan Revolution. The same goal I had when I was elected to my local school board to stop what the local teachers union were doing to our citizens, and we did. The same goal I had, although I had no idea there was a Tea Party and they had no idea that I had written a book, but they came about simultaneously. And you and I, we launched a movement. And Donald Trump, who was a great president... The more you think about his presidency, the more you think about what Joe Biden's doing, a great president. But now we have to defend our country. And more than defend it, we need to go on offense. Let them defend themselves from us. No, I'm not talking about violence. Let them defend themselves from us. And so we need to open a multi-front push a pushback, if you will. And I want to talk more about what happened last night, what's going to happen in the days ahead. And I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks, 
that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. May 7th, 2021, go. There's no question whatsoever. Right now, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the uh, corrupt media, the Marxists and pseudo-Marxists, or neo-Marxists, and the others, they're laying in wait. They want to see if by silence, by silence, they they can kill this. They don't want to give it too much attention. But at some point, they... And their surrogates, their websites, will unleash. And we have, we're in this together, and we're going to have to push back together. They think they can take down some of us, but they're not going to take me down. We are going to push, and we are going to fight. This book is not written for them. This book is written for you. This book is written for your college students and your high school students. Should you be a parent or a grandparent? This book is written for your colleagues and your friends and your family members. This book is written to get the message out, to inspire, to invigorate, to build another movement. I've been part of many activist movements, and I told Sean at the beginning of the show, I'm an activist. That's what I am. Building another movement. You have built another movement. We have an army of millions. And you showed up yesterday, and you actually showed up before yesterday in early voting. All across this country, in Virginia, in New Jersey, where the battle goes on, in New York, Pennsylvania, where every circuit court election was won by a Republican, Texas, Colorado, So many states, school boards flipped, mayor's races, sheriff's races. The movement is here and now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. So many great stories out there. Winsome Sears. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we had her on this radio program a few weeks weeks ago, and I had her on Life, Liberty, and Levin as the second guest this Sunday on Fox. She is a black lady. She's a uh, 
naturalized American citizen, born in Jamaica, has a fantastic background, served in the Marines. And you know, I know of no major host, no major host, nationwide host, including on cable, who had her on. Maybe there was a rare occasion. Now she's being celebrated. This is what I mean. When we're in the teeth of battle, when we are in the teeth of battle, that's the time you acknowledge and promote such people. Not after the fact, with 2020 hindsight, explaining to your viewers and your listeners why this is so fantastic. That's the problem. I'm trying to tell people in my profession. You've got to be much more proactive. You see what they do on MSLSD. You see what they do on the Constipated News Network. You see what they do in the pages of the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and on and on and on. To sit back and wait for things to happen and then lecture your audience, lecture the American people about this, that, and the other. That's not good enough anymore. Now again, there's two things. Activism and commentary. I'm not opposed to commentary after the fact. I do it all the time. But I am opposed to people who provide commentary after the fact, but did nothing on the activism side. I'm not talking about so-called journalists who shouldn't be activists. I'm not a journalist. There's so many great stories out there right now. In, in addition to uh, Winsome Sears, who is fantastic, and I just wish more people had embraced her before the election. It's important. It's like this show. I have substitute hosts. When they substitute, they use this platform to present themselves, to talk about their podcasts. Several of them you're familiar with. They've gone on with big podcasts and shows and so forth. I don't ask for anything in return. Not a thing. But I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Now, the Republicans took the state house in Virginia. That is a big deal. In New Jersey, you have a conservative who's a truck driver who spent $153 and knocked off the most powerful politician in New Jersey. The Democrat, New Jersey Senate president, who's been there for 30 years, knocked him off. And this governor's race is amazing. I just wish the campaign had reached out to us, right, Mr. Producer? I can't reach out to every campaign in the nation. They didn't. Too bad. But I, I think it was just terrific. And there's been a number of upsets in the state of New Jersey. And as I said, in Pennsylvania, they not only won a Supreme Court seat, which was crucially important, it was close, but a Republican had to had to take a seat that was held by a Republican previously. And the Democrats and the uh, public sector unions threw everything they had at it, and they lost. But the next year, the circuit courts, it looks like a Republican sweep for those that were, uh, where there were campaigns. A sweep. You have school boards that have changed hands throughout this country. Throughout this country. In Texas, in Colorado, in Kansas, Long Island, New York, 
basically a Republican sweep. You're talking about blue, blue, blue states. When you're talking about New York or New Jersey, and Virginia is a blue state. And of course, so much of the commentary is wrong, trashing Donald Trump. As I said in Virginia, McAuliffe ran more against Donald Trump than he did against Yunkin. And he lost. So that tells me Trump won. Not only did he win, Yunkin won. He ran a fantastic campaign. And what I said at the beginning of the show, the beginning of my book, what happened here in my view is all elements of American society that loves American society, that wants America to succeed, that wants quality education, that wants a secure border, that wants sound money, and on and on and on, came together. Whether it's women in the suburbs that increased their votes significantly in in Virginia for the Republican. Joined by Trump supporters. That's why this won. That's why there was a win. And I'm telling you, most of the analysts, including most of the reporters, are missing the entire thing. This is a battle between those who love America and those who don't. This is a battle between those who support quality education and those who support racist indoctrination. This is a battle between those who support legal immigration and those who support open borders. This is a battle between those who support capitalism and those who support Marxism. And I could go on and on and on. The battle here is between those who love this country and those who don't. Those who want to milk it for everything they can. Those who want to overthrow it. Those who are constantly trashing it and trashing the American people. That's what united the people in Virginia. That's what united the people in New Jersey. People want to keep their private property. People want to keep their income. People work hard. They don't want redistribution of wealth through confiscatory taxes that give it to people who haven't worked for it. Galvanized, rallied, voted. That's what this election was about. Yes, critical race theory. Yes, all these other issues. But the common theme is, we don't believe America is racist. We don't want to overthrow our society. We don't want to fundamentally transform our economic system. We don't want open borders where anybody can walk into this country and receive benefits and endanger our neighborhoods and on and on and on. We don't want this. We support the cops. We like the cops. We believe in law and order. It is a rejection of American Marxism. It is a rejection of the Democrat Party which is the political entity through which American Marxism now functions. We've had enough of a corrupt media. The media don't get to tell us what to do and what to think and don't get to analyze us and trash us. They're irrelevant to us. They don't matter to us. We understand what we're up against now. We understand what we're up against now, these movements that have coalesced against us, that have found a home in a Democrat party. We got it. And now we are poised 
And now we are united in opposition to it. Whether it's the classrooms and our school boards, whether it's illegal immigration, whether it's the fundamental transformation of our economic system. We love our country. We love our fellow man in this country. That's what this election was all about. I understand if it's missed by the so-called journalists. I understand if it's missed by various broadcasters. They're not in the teeth of this. They don't have dirt under their fingernails. We do. We do. And they wish to project their views on top of it. Got it. I understand it. Newsmax. What an outstanding organization. And I want to give you kudos over there at Newsmax. Out of the blue, I am contacted by an old buddy of mine, John Fund. And I, I pointed this out to you a few weeks ago. And he was, he was tasked with writing a piece about me for Newsmax. Now think about that. I'm on Fox. I'm not on Newsmax. I do radio with Westwood One. Podcast with Westwood One. Not with Newsmax. But they didn't care. They decided to do a story on me, my radio show, my books, my TV shows, and the impact that they have. And so I want to thank Ken Chandler, the executive editor of Newsmax magazine. It's a fantastic magazine. I want to thank Bob Sellers and Heather Childers uh, for doing the uh, television program today, again with Ken Chandler, about uh, the article and about this show and about what I do. And, of course, John Fun for writing the piece. Newsmax. I encourage you to watch Newsmax. I encourage you to get their magazine. It's an outstanding organization. I'll be right back. Mark in. Well, the uh, race for governor in New Jersey has been called for uh, this clown Murphy. And it appears uh, he is a 19,000 and some change vote lead over Chitterelli. Now, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I really wish we had jumped into this. I really wish that that campaign had contacted us so it would be on the uh, radar screen. But that said... What a fantastic job. If you're a Democrat today, you're an office holder, uh, you should go out and buy yourself a big pack of Depends. Because I'm guessing you're crapping all over the place. Except for the Marxists. They're not giving up. After the top of the hour, I want you to know how they're responding. Politico, which often represents them, Democrats vow to plow forward on Biden agenda even after election face plants. I don't think this complicates passage. I think it helps accelerate it, they say. Because, ladies and gentlemen, they never give up. And we must never give up. We are united 
in the defense of this nation. That includes, includes our classrooms and who raises our kids. That includes the border. That includes the whole panoply of issues. Taxes. Inflation. Job creation. The war on capitalism. So many fantastic stories across the country. You have a, a Texas delegate race on the southern border, the southernmost border, held by Democrats forever. The district is 75% Hispanic. And the Republican won. Again, I reiterate, 55% of the Hispanic vote in Virginia went for Yunkin. Think about this. This is a battle between people who love this country and do not want to fundamentally alter it. I didn't say we can't do reforms and improvements to fundamentally alter it. And these Marxist-inspired movements that have coalesced under the wing of the Democrat Party. Terry McAuliffe endorsed every single one of those movements. Every single one. To the extent he said parents really have no business telling schools what to do. Of course, we own those schools. We own them. Not the Democrat Party, not the educational bureaucrats, the superintendents, the temporary school boards, or the teacher unions. We own them. We pay for every damn thing in them. So that's very, very important. And you'll see as time goes on, there's going to be other issues too. Other issues too. I agree that the fuse was lit at these school board meetings in Loudoun County, Virginia, my own home county, in a high school where my kids went to high school. The fuse was lit. But it was embraced and expanded and promoted because of you. The millions and millions of you who are listening to me right now. I know that you were talking to your neighbors, walking your dogs, or maybe sitting outside some parts of the country, raking the leaves, shaking your heads. I know that you were talking to one another, talking to one another at at restaurants, church, synagogue, mosques, talking to one another at social events, little league games, basketball games. You, the Paul Revere's. You'll also notice during election cycles, I'm urging people to vote right up to the very end. Again, that's activism. I'm on a mission. These elections can be very, very close. Elections for governors and lieutenant governors, for senators, for delegates, for congressmen, and on and on. Because that's very important. That's the time I'm on, on radio, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time and other times throughout the country. That final hour is crucial. What you did yesterday was crucially important. And the battle goes on. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcast.
Blasting from, from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams at separate McCulloch rallies last week said what happens in Virginia will determine what happens in 2022 and 2024. Cut six, go. Because you see, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. But I know that Virginia and Georgia are yoked together. That what you all do here over the next nine days will determine the next four years for this country. Mm-hmm. Cornell Belcher, who burps up all kinds of racist propaganda, he's a Democrat pollster who's used widely on MSLSD. And there he is with uh, Schmuck Todd, a Democrat. His wife is a Democrat operative. This is, this is the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. And listen to this exchange. Cut nine, go. They're not winning these, running up this score in rural America because, because of they're putting a better, uh, a better policy no, around. No, no, they've got people whipped up in right, anger. Yeah. Right. So this it, is it, Chuck Todd. No, 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 no. They've got people whipped up in anger. I guess Chuck missed the riots two years ago, ladies and gentlemen. The whipped up in anger. God, if we had an honest media, could you imagine? We'd never lose. Anyway, more on Belcher burping up. Go ahead. They're, they're feeding them. They're feeding them anger. They're feeding them resentment. We've got to do a better job as around, 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 around the values yeah. piece. And too often for me, what does Demo- that look like? Democrat, but too often for me, Democrats think all voters are transactional, right? If you, I, if I give you this for your pocketbook, you're going to vote for me. And and so much of, of America, especially rural America, they make sense of their lives through the prism of their values and their religiosity. And 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 we are not connecting with them on that. And by the way, part of that right now is also connected to racial resentment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because rural people. You know, we know. They're racist. They're backwards, right? Now, this guy just goes on talking about we need to connect with them and differently on religion and so forth. And then what does he say? Part of their problem is they have racial resentment. Now, how does he know that? When's the last time he was in a rural area? Tuck Chod. When's the last time he was? They all live in a bubble. Go ahead that it is out because we do and we democrats have to have a better message of taking that on not a matter of a better message you guys are marxists that's what you are american marxists not soviet marxists not chinese american marxists that's what you are that's why you deny that critical race theory is even being taught in our schools Actually, you have sort of a schizophrenic point of view it's not being taught in our schools but if it is it needs to be taught in our schools and anyone who opposes it, a racist. More from uh, Belcher. Cut 10. CRT was on the ballot. And, and, and quite frankly, it was, a, it was a, a, a mobilizing, energizing force on the right. And Democrats... No, not on the right. Period. Not just on the right. With all kinds of people. Independents, Democrats, Republicans. All came together and said no. Now, you have people like Christopher Rufo and 
Michael Gonzalez at Heritage and others who've been talking about this for some time. But right here, we nationalized this issue. We nationalized it behind this microphone. We nationalized it on Levin TV, Life, Liberty, and Levin, and of course, in American Marxism. We explained it in great detail because I have these platforms. A year or two ago, nobody understood what critical race theory was. Nobody. And people began to see what was happening to their children in the classroom during the pandemic because of virtual learning. What is this stuff? We've spent hours and hours and hours of going through this and extensively writing about it on a national platform that reaches every corner of this country and millions and millions of people. So we were familiar with it. And so when the media pushed back on behalf of their benefactors and pushed back and said it's not being taught, we told them they're liars. When they said it's not racist, we told them they're liars. The whole point of the book is we even told them who invented the ideas, who developed the ideas, who's writing books on the ideas and what these ideas are. Go ahead. Enough calls with Democrats where it's like, you know, let's pivot and talk about something else. No, you can't pivot and talk about something else. CRT is in the the latest line of school busing, cross-town busing. um, Well, see, you're an idiot because CRT is not about integration. CRT is not about uh, individual equality. It's not about the character of one's content. Critical race theory is about racism. Critical theory is about Marxism. Critical race theory is about condemning certain people because of their pigmentation and calling other people oppressed because of their pigmentation and in some cases having nothing to do with their pigmentation. And it is an ideology that has as its purpose to overthrow the existing society. What does that have to do with school busing, cross-town busing, welfare queens, all these other trigger issues that they're talking about. Really, nothing. Go ahead. You have it. It's in that same, it's in that same line. And you saw it in the, in the results in Virginia. I hope the Democrats it. keep listening to this guy because he's nothing but an ideologue. Doesn't sound like a pollster to me. He's nothing but an ideologue. And then there's Van Jones last night. CNN, we're bouncing between MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. I mean, they're really one and the same. Cut 11, go. I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. And I think that this is a message here. Now, why did I play this? Sounds reasonable, right, Mr. Producer? Is he not also defining the media? Isn't it amazing? He's sitting there with people, sitting there with people, in the media, commentators, guests, hosts, who are identical to what he's condemning. Annoying and offensive, out of touch in ways I don't think show up in our feeds, when we're looking at our kind of echo chamber, I think this is a message here. That's correct. The media, he defined, is corrupt, ideological. And more, of course. Cut 12, go. There is no such thing anymore as a low turnout election. 
you have that much uh, pent up desire for civic participation that an off off year, it's not an off year, it's an off off year election. Right. Um, you have record turnout. So that means that the, the audience is paying attention. That's a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear now about voters. Says the fraud. audience is paying attention. They don't have an audience. Go ahead. I'm, I'm waiting to hear about it because it was all, you know, voter fraud. You can't trust the elections. When Republicans win, suddenly everything's fixed. No, no, so no. no. Hold on. Hold on. This isn't a matter of relativism. With a few exceptions, you don't find patterns or extensive uh, evidence of Republicans committing fraud. Republicans want uh, the voting rolls cleansed of dead people or people who are registered in multiple jurisdictions. Republicans want voter ID. Republicans want signature verification. Republicans want a whole list of things that ensure that whoever is voting has a right to vote in that election and at that place. The Democrats reject all of it and call it race-based, right? Race-based suppression. And so there is a huge difference. One party wants guardrails and another party wants none. And so if you don't have guardrails, you have fraud. And if you don't support guardrails, then you must obviously support fraud. At least in some respects. Go ahead. I don't want to hear about voter fraud anymore. People are participating. The system uh, works. But I oh, really? Think... Uh, what about Russia collusion? We heard about that forever. What about the 2000 race and the Supreme Court's quote-unquote interference? We heard about that forever. And you don't want to hear about what? Go ahead. That what David said uh, just a few minutes ago is really important. This is a big deal. All right, enough of that. Now, one more time, because I use uh, Van Jones as a foil. Cut 13, go. Sure, I, I think Biden's troubles are bigger than uh, this particular issue. And I think that, um, you know, the Democratic Party, I mean, everybody that I'm talking to tonight, they're saying this is a big, big wake-up call. I think people took Virginia for granted. Uh, we took California for granted, but then people, you know, got in there and saved Gavin. I think people took the thing for granted. And there was an intensity gap. You had uh, Youngkin saying... Uh, you know, your rights as a parent are under threat. That is going to move people. And then you had our side saying... No, no, saying, no, no. It was actually McAuliffe who first said that, that parents really have no role in what's taught and so forth in public schools. They're called public schools, not union schools. They're called public schools, not Democrat Party schools. And um, so, no, that's, that's not right. Youngkin responded to that and defended the parents and defended quality education against this onslaught that's obviously taking place. Go ahead. It's bad, and vaccine mandates are good. There's a mismatch on the intensity for that message. And so, you know, as you, as you begin to think, what are we going to do? You've got to be able to respond to what I think is uh, dog whistling uh, on education. What is I this think phrase, dog whistle, all the time? Is Van Jones out? In the rural areas? Is he out in the suburbs? Did he attend any of the school board meetings? Does he actually know anything about what's going on? He doesn't know a damn thing about what's going on. He comes to this with his ideology. That is it. That is it. And so it's a dog whistle, critical race theory. Well, if it's a dog whistle, it's a dog whistle of you racists. You developed it. You're making millions promoting it in software and, and in books. 
how is it that the National Education Association came out months ago supporting critical race theory, but it doesn't exist? It's a dog whistle. They're so corrupt. They're so dishonest. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The entire nature of Marxism, which is fundamentally what undergirds American Marxism, is a rejection of the will of the people. So while the Democrats go through the motion that they want as many people to vote as possible, they want to take the guardrails off and don't ever question us again about fraud and election and so forth, this is window dressing. It's window dressing. They want power. And if they get elected, they get power. And then they make permanent their programs, they make permanent departments and agencies, they make permanent the bureaucracy. They make things permanent. So no matter how many elections you have, you cannot undo what's been done. So it's not for them really a matter of voting. They use this sort of as as an attraction, as a hook, that they support voting and other people don't. And yet, if you understand Bernie Sanders and you understand AOC and you understand the other out-of-the-closet Marxists throughout the Democrat Party, and throughout the media for that matter, it's not about the will of the people. If it were about the will of the people, they would reverse course right now. And here in Politico, the mouthpiece for these elements, it says Democrats vow to plow forward on Biden agenda even after election face plants. As Democrats were processing a battering in the Virginia governor's race in the uncomfortably close gubernatorial election in New Jersey, and by the way, it was all over the country, the White House and officials across the party pledged to forge ahead with the twin pillars of the president's domestic agenda. Several made the case that Tuesday's results only added to the pressure for them to do so. So you have to really be unhinged and obsessed ideologue to draw such a conclusion. We have to show we can govern, said Representative Scott Peters, Democrat California, citing a recent breakthrough in talks to lower prescription drug prices for seniors and allow negotiations in Medicare. The picture's been of Democrats sparring amongst ourselves. That's probably not the best face to put out. I hope that there's more of working toward agreement. Do you think the Republicans, Independents, and some Democrats joined together because of Democrat inter-party bickering? Intra-party bickering? No, of course not. That's a Washington thing. Nobody gives a damn about that. The determination to stick with the $1.75 trillion social and climate spending bill underscores just how much the Democrat Party has bet its future on Biden's legislative priorities, which, of course, are Sanders' legislative priorities. Comes right as the president's own political tailspin has put him in a weakened position to help them sell it. And the White House is expected to turn up the salesmanship of its plans, arguing the results in Virginia, New Jersey, where things remain too close to call, are in part a reflection the voters want to see Congress get things done. A person close to the White House. It's not about getting things done. That doesn't cause record numbers of people to vote. That doesn't cause Republicans to win in Democrat states. Get things done. Get things done. It's their agenda. 
And they haven't even fully implemented their agenda. Look what they've done to the economy. Look what they've done to food prices. Look what they've done to fuel prices. Look what they've done on the border and over and over and over again. It's a disaster. They can't even handle the coronavirus properly. They inherit three vaccines, as well as various forms of uh, therapeutics. And they don't know what to do with them. All they do is use it for totalitarian means. Five-year-olds to 11-year-olds, we're going to have you. You're now going to get vaccinated. Let me tell you, there's going to be more objection to that than there has been so far to these mandates. Because the science does not support what they want to do. It simply does not. And we don't know what these vaccines will do to all these little kids. That is a fact. And you don't have to be an anti-vaxxer. I had the vaccination, Johnson & Johnson, and I got the booster, Johnson & Johnson. I'm an independent human being. I'll make my decision by myself or with my doctor, with my family. And if you don't want to, so be it. I'm vaccinated. I'm supposed to be protected from people who aren't vaccinated. What's the big deal? Unless this is a complete ruse to begin with. And so the Democrat position is... We have to hurry up and adopt this radical nutjob agenda. That's what the electors are saying. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the spin. That's the public face. Everybody knows that's not the result of the elections. Why do you think Nancy Pelosi wanted to vote on the Soviet-style bill by October 31, before the November 2 elections? Now, if you're a so-called moderate in a marginal district, whether you're in the House or you're in a in a fairly conservative state, and you're a Democrat, and you vote for any of this crap, you're dead. You are politically dead. And I pointed this out with Manchin, even before the election, that the polls were showing a red wave. And Manchin came out stronger than ever before, saying, I don't like the spending, I don't like this. He was putting his foot down. We'll see how long that lasts. But he was putting his foot down. But guys like Gottheimer and all these other god-awful members of Congress who have, who have lied, in my view, to their own constituents, playing both sides of the aisle, now it's going to be put-up-or-shut-up time. Put-up-or-shut-up time. I'll be right back. Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Opponents of critical race theory and COVID closures win school board races nationwide. This is just the news. Nationwide early returns show that critics of COVID-19 reopening policies and critical race theory made headway in school board elections nationwide. Conservatives now have a majority of the Carroll Independent School District in the wealthy Dallas suburb of South Lake, where parents previously led an electoral revolt against a proposed racial equity curriculum this spring. Andrew Yeager won a landslide victory in a special election on a platform of opposing the Cultural Competence Action Plan for diversity training and curriculum changes, NBC News reported. The new board can now kill the plan. Three challengers who oppose COVID mask mandates defeated incumbents on Iowa's Johnston School Board, the Des Moines Register reported. They were backed by the group's 1776 action. In the same region, 
three supporters of school mask mandates, one seats on the West Des Moines School Board, the register said. Candidates who favored a quicker return to in-person instruction prevailed in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania school elections. A political action committee poured $10,000 into one district. Douglas County, outside of Denver, the conservative vote for kids first slate of four candidates was leading comfortably. It was also endorsed by the 1776 Project PAC. It's a different organization than 1776 Action. A $50,000 recall campaign in suburban Milwaukee failed with all four uh, school board incumbents comfortably keeping their seats. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported it was the 16th failed school board recall in Wisconsin since the pandemic started. But I like the fact that people are fighting. That's very, very important to push these people on their heels. Conservative newcomers won most school board elections in Olathe and Blue Valley in Johnson County, Kansas. They campaigned for uh, parent choice and against mass mandates, CRT, and gender issues in school, and were backed again by the 1776 Project PAC. And there were so many more in Colorado and Texas and other states uh, that truly made a huge difference. Joy Reid on MSNBC last night. She is the worst of the worst. Of course, she, we know she's a bigot and a homophobe. Uh, and I suppose that's why MSLSD and Comcast hired her and put her in prime time at 7 p.m. Very few people watch her. But nonetheless, she's very vile. She's very poisonous. Quite the bigot, in my view. Cut 17, go. The exit poll showed that... The- which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus it was a very has low not importance to many yes, of the voters which there. Was it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And I mean, white parents don't like the idea about teaching about race. You're such a liar. You're contemptible with your unconscionable lies. Nobody's opposed to teaching about race. You're an obsessed bigot. And if you had enough ability to comprehend what critical race theory is, rather than lying about it and then lying about the fact that it's in our classrooms, maybe you'd be taken seriously. But you're not. You're a performer. And you're pathetic. That's right, I said it. And if you want to come on this program, well, let me just say, Mr. Producer, contact Joy Reid, invite her on this program, and tell her I want to debate critical race theory with her. I want to debate critical race theory with Joy Reid. Right here. Right here. It's not TV where we have all these, you know, one hour and all these... No, I'll do it right here. If she's got the guts to do it. She doesn't have the guts to do it, but if she does, I'll debate her right here. Joy Reid. Critical race theory. Go ahead. I mean, unfortunately... Race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. Boy, is she a hater. I don't know what the hell happened to her in her youth, but she is a hater. She is bitter. She is vicious. Go ahead. Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. Oh, it's just powerful. Republicans using racism. Republicans are not using racism. They're objecting to racism being imposed and indoctrinated into the minds of our children. And so I think it would be a public service, Joy Reid, if you and I have a debate on this. I'll be very fair, 
Very fair. Equal time, or equity time if you prefer. And I will make sure that it's handled properly. But I want to know how much you know about critical race theory, how it was developed. And I want to demonstrate to you that it's not only in Loudoun County schools in Virginia and all throughout Virginia, but all throughout the country. And I want to demonstrate it and prove it to you. So do you want to be educated? Do you want to be informed? Do you want to be a loudmouth who just goes on and on about white people and the Republican Party? Because you don't have any friggin' idea what you're talking about. None. None. And Larry Sabato finally revealed himself. He's another one with a dead squirrel on his head. But in order to be on MSLSD, I guess you have to be part of the MSLSD crowd. Cut 18, go. What do you think the story is here tonight thus far? The story is, I'm not going to call it a blowout because we don't have the final uh, final uh, numbers, but I will tell you, somebody in uh, high up in uh, McAuliffe's camp who was there with McAuliffe uh, put it this way to me about an hour ago. It's a bloodbath. Uh, and so far, everything we've seen pretty much falls along that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was very upset because critical race theory. He said the key word there is race. And Youngkin is using race. Here's this guy, Glenn Youngkin. He's earnest. He's studious. He's worked his way up from the bottom. He got a scholarship to college, Rice, a basketball scholarship, because he practiced and practiced. He worked his way to the top of the Carlisle Group, an investment group. He decides to give it all up and run for governor. There's nothing, absolutely nothing in this man's past, nothing that suggests he's a racist, unlike our current governor, Northam, and unlike our current president, Biden. Nothing. And you know, they were looking and looking and looking. Nothing. But he must be a racist. He's using a dog whistle, don't you know? How do we know that? Because the propaganda media keeps pushing the big lie by repeating it and burping it up as I would say to Mr. Belcher. But it's simply not true. It's a fact. And so they're trying to con- uh, confuse the American people, the phony, corrupt media, and then they defend it. So here you have Joy Reid who says, what? Actually, let's go back and i dissect this for you. Watch, watch how we do this. Cut 17, go. The exit poll showed that... that- which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus it was a very was low not importance to many yes, of the voters which there. Was it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And so I mean, stop right there. Now, she just said earlier that critical race theory is not being taught in the schools. Right, America? Right, Mr. Producer? And now she says here what? She says here that white parents don't like the idea of teaching about race. So which is it, you idiot? You moron, which is it? That it's not being taught or it is being taught? That it's not being taught and it's a lie? Or it is being taught and white parents don't like it? Which is it? You jerk. Very compelling TV, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? No, I don't think so. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Just 
have so much to cover. I just want you to stick with me. Yamichi Alcinder works at the uh, Pubic Broadcasting System, PBS, which we help subsidize. She's a radical kook also. Absolute radical kook. And uh, she was at the White House today. And listen to her. She's supposed to be a journalist. Cut 26, go. What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about critical race theory? They're running on culture war issues. I mean, we're the ones that are finally engaging in the culture war against us, right? And fake CRT, fake critical race theory. So the entire suggestion, the entire presumption is a lie. Modern day journalism is an entire lie. You can change their names, you can change their clothes, you can change what network, their platform they're on. They're all the same. Liars. Just flat out liars. The fake CRT, the fake critical race theory, there's nothing fake about it. Again, people have written books about it. Law professors have promoted it. Just turn to chapter four on American Marxism. It's there. Paragraph after paragraph. Yamichi Alcinder, of course, would never pick up a book called American Marxism. No, 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 no. She won't read it. So what should Democrats do about Republicans running on that fake critical race theory and culture issues, the culture war? Oh, really? The culture war? What about the nuclear family? That seems to be under attack, ladies and gentlemen. Your children's education's under attack. Religion's under attack. All kinds of stuff under attack in the culture war. You can be a faithful person, a person of faith. Just keep it to yourself. Do it in your basement, not in the public square. No, 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 no. You can't do that. Well, is that what the founding fathers intended? Of course not. The culture war. Would that be the war against private property rights? Would that be the war against unalienable rights? Yamichi Alcinder, go. I think we should produce for the American people. Look, one of the things that is important to understand, if, uh, if they pass my legislation, we're going to be able to reduce... All right, I don't the- care about this. He's rambling on. What about the fact that Joe Biden has signed executive orders in the first week of his presidency enshrining critical race theory, forcing federal employees, federal contractors, the United States military, to be indoctrinated in critical race theory. Is that a fake issue? Donald Trump banned it, remember? He banned it in the federal bureaucracy. And Biden comes in, rescinds his ban, and institutes it. But it must be fake, because Yamichi Alcinder, whoever the hell that is, Yamichi Alcindor says it's fake. Cut 27, go. What's your message, though, for Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that? Whoa, 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 whoa. What is your message to black Americans? There's many, many black Americans who have a message to respond to Yamichi Alcindor, including one who was just elected lieutenant governor of the state of Virginia. And there's many others who are familiar to you in this program and Bob Woodson. 
Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell, the late great Walter Williams, and on and on and on, who never get network attention, who never appear on PBS, who never appear on CNN. Instead, we get, you know, Joy Reid on MSNBC and Van Jones on CNN. No, 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 no. Only one view apparently black Americans hold, and apparently Yamichi Alcindor represents that view. Democrats can't push back. Well, they can't push back because they've embraced this. Cut 28, go. All right. Well, we'll hold off on cut 28 then. Do I have another one to do here, Rich? Are we good? I'm good. I'm all caught up. By the way, in Seattle, listen to this. Seattle. Who's the representative there? Papa Lapala or something or other? I don't remember her name. In Seattle, a Republican appears to have won the race for city attorney. Looks like a good night for the moderates in Seattle over at Hot Air, they write, though the city's vote-by-mail system means all the votes won't be counted for several more days because many were just dropped in the mail yesterday. And the past progressives, a.k.a. Marxists, have tended to make up Election Day deficits as large as 10 to 12 points as later vote tallies are added. That's because older, more conservative voters tend to be overrepresented in the initial tally. But in this case, the gaps are so large that overcoming them looks unlikely. With that caveat, here's how things look. The first round of Seattle and King County election results, with moderate and conservative candidates largely carrying the night. Other results saw Bruce Harrell, Ann Davison, and Sarah Nelson all jump out to sizable early leads, 30 points, 17 points, 21 points, over their Marxist challengers. Bruce Harrell will succeed current Mayor Jenny Durkin, who decided not to seek re-election last year. He defeated Lorena Gonzalez, who was the president of the city council, in Durkin. And it goes on. Outgoing city attorney Pete Holmes was terrible at his job, and the city clearly needed a fresh approach. The good news was he came in third. And then it goes on. Seattle, Washington. Minneapolis rejected almost by 60% of the vote, abolishing the police department. And you know who fought and led the way on this? The black community. I wonder what Yamichi Alcindor has to say about that. I really don't. I really don't. She's just one of many reprobates on the hard left dressed up as phony journalists. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We're taking calls this hour now. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And I do want to say this, and I touched on it early on. We cannot take our foot off the gas pedal. These people are unrelenting. 24-7. It was a fantastic day and night yesterday and last night. It's one election. It's one election. 
Keep an eye on the trajectory. They don't give up. They don't believe in elections if we win. Uh, They tried to unseat Donald Trump numerous times. And yet they say we're the ones who don't believe in election outputs after they mess around with election laws. So it's very, very important. We're going to remain activist. We're going to remain mission-oriented, as well as have fun and be entertained and so forth and so on. They're not mutually exclusive. All right, let's go to uh, some of our callers here. Let's go to Sal in New York, XM Satellite. Sal, go right ahead, please. Thank you, Mark. An honor to talk to you again. In my lifetime, Mark, Donald Trump had the most substance-filled campaigns as far as the work ethic, the topics, all he wanted to accomplish. But to listen to Scott Jennings next to Van Jones last night and Gloria Borger, they could not refrain from making the Yunkin campaign all about distancing himself from Donald Trump, where I feel it was the complete and nothing even close to that. I'm not convinced Yunkin's going to be a great candidate, but he certainly did not. Wait a minute, he's, of, he was a great candidate. He won. What are you talking about? <laughs> you I'm mean governor? You're trying as to say? As, a, as a governor, it, right. we, you know, time will tell if in four years he's done a great job. But my point is, he didn't win that election because he distanced himself from Donald Trump. And when you listen to Gloria Borger and that moron... By the way, it's not just them. You hear it all over Fox. You hear it all over MSNBC. You read it in the newspapers and everything else. I live here. Youngkin didn't distance himself with Trump. He managed the relationship. That's what he did. He's his own man. He ran his campaign. He poured a lot of his own money into it to try and counter the Democrat dark money that was poured into the campaign. Um... Uh, he, he said he even agrees with audits and so forth and so on. He didn't dump on Trump. He was never negative about Trump. He never said a negative thing about Trump. You look in Maryland where you have a Republican governor there, Larry Hogan. He's trashing Trump all the time. You look at Chris Christie, the ex-governor of New Jersey, uh, who, uh, who trashes Trump all the time, even though he was part of his inner circle. Youngkin didn't do any of that. He didn't do any. He ran as his own man, which he should. And he wanted Trump supporters to vote for him, which they did in mass. And he was very good at pulling the coalition together. But my point is, Terry McAuliffe kept running against Trump, but Terry McAuliffe lost. So I guess in that sense, Trump won. Go right ahead. And that, you just nailed it. That's my point, is McAuliffe's gaffes and all the bad things he was saying over the last six months, that, I think, was more of a reason not to vote for him and then it was McAuliffe that was linking Yunkin to Trump and calling him Trumpkin and everything else where you could not not think about Donald Trump. So four years ago or five years ago, I would have been afraid to hear these pundits say the things about Donald Trump. But I'm not afraid anymore. You know why? Because if Donald Trump does decide to run in 2024, there is nothing any of these people can say on any of these networks that are going to sway the voters from us voting for him. And I like DeSantis and Christine Noem and Youngkin. All right, anyway, I'll tell you something else that's interesting. When they're doing the boards and the, the analysis last night, they say, well, Trump uh, lost by 10% in Virginia against Biden, right? Right, Sal? Yes. Do you think Trump would lose 10% against Biden today? Absolutely not. Exactly. Absolutely not. So it was really a false comparison. 
All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Very, very good. Let us continue. Corona, California, beautiful area, lousy government. XM Satellite. Greg, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Honored to speak with you again. And I just want to say victory is sweet. This tastes so good. And I kind of, I live and die with you, the things you say and your emotions and the way you approach things and you're you're very calm about things when we're not going right and and you're also sober about things that are going great but this was very inspiring and i bet you it it kind of made you remember realize when you fell in love with this country these types of elections were very unique all of a sudden with yunkin being a businessman and with Ed, the truck driver, um, it inspires me that why not now, if no other time, more truck drivers, more grocery store clerks, more salespeople, more honest businessmen, pipe fitters, anybody can run for local election now. But the, but you had mentioned that you know nobody had uh, promoted that that woman. I forget her name. Winston. Winston no uh, Sears. I mean, I didn't see her on TV. Did you? No, and no one promoted her beforehand. And this is the time for the conservative outlets to get Ed on their shows right now, so that well, the Ed American is already people, on shows. He's already been on shows. He's on shows right see, now. Yeah, to see that this is this is how we can do it. It's very mm-hmm. this is the American way. Anybody can run for an election, and anybody can step up and say enough is enough. And uh, I'm, I'm inspired. Like I said, victory is sweet tasting right now, and I'm. It's I'm very, excited. very exciting. I'm thrilled too, you know. And yeah. uh, but I also know the enemy, and the enemy is unrelenting, yeah. and so we need to keep our keep our guard up. You look at these various battles during uh, obviously different uh, different environment. You look at these various battles during the Civil War. These various battles during World War II, and you win these battles, and they are absolutely invigorating. And you know. And the army feels all positive and so forth, but there's always a counterattack. And so I view these things as military operations without weapons, without armaments. And the other side never relents. And so we ought to be extremely happy about what took place, learn as much as we can from it, and go on to the next battle and the next victory and the one after that and the one after that. This battle between liberty and tyranny is an unending battle. Not because of us, those of us who believe in liberty, it's because of the other side and their beliefs in tyranny. Imagine if we had lost last night. Right, we will be uh, proceeding here. Let us go to uh, Tom, Glendora, California. Uh, How is Tom listening to us, Richie? Hello, Mark. How are you, Tom? Hello there, Mark. Yes, sir. Hey, Mark, thank, thank you for putting me on so quickly. As usual, it's an honor to speak 870 to you. 8.70 a.m., the great KRLA. Go right ahead. Mark, uh, it's a great honor to speak to you. Thank you for your relentless, passionate, beautiful defense of freedom and goodness at a time in history when it is perhaps more needed than ever. It's a battle between good and evil, as you well know. And it does my heart good to see Glenn Youngkin win 
basically because he rallied with the brave parents in this country who were opposing the absolute rotten evil of critical race theory, which really stands for corrosive, reprehensible trash. That's all it is. Or complete racist garbage. It's so great to fight that because of all the evils perpetrated by the Democrats. And yes, I think they are evil. Afghanistan, Biden had to know that was evil, condemning the poor women and children of that country to abuse and murder. Uh, the border debacle, he knows he's endangering the country. The decimation of the economy, the right. push for socialism. But right there at the heart of it all is critical race theory, which I can is maybe the biggest evil because it is Marxist corruption of our innocent children. <laughs> and right, that can last for generation and be the death knell of freedom. You're, you're 100% right. And here's the thing. Throughout the media last night and today, all over CNN and MSNBC, all over the pages of the Washington Post and the New York Times and the rest, the radical leftist Marxists that write and speak for these organizations are accusing these parents of being racists, of responding to dog whistles. And I just want particularly the women in the suburbs to understand this. They're calling, quote, white women in the suburbs uh, racists and responding to dog whistles. Now, of course, you can't say that Black Lives Matter responds to dog whistles, you can't say Black Lives Matter is, matters is, is racist, although I say it, but most people can't say it. Uh, but now we're attacking the white women in the suburbs, quote-unquote, because there was a significant shift. And there was a significant shift because these schools in these areas of the country are under attack by the critical race theory propagandists and hate machine. And I can tell you, and I will... I will uh, Commit to you right here. I will never give up on this. I will fight this to the very end. Because as I have said, and Tom says, and others have said, this will destroy the country. Because remember, this is Marxism. This is what it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. and worse every day more and more corrupt filled with propagandists and liars truly unbelievable just truly unbelievable they cover up Hunter Biden they push the lies about Russia collusion they cover up the name of the phony whistleblower and Ukraine phony issue just on and on and on ladies and gentlemen it really is a uh, a, a damaging profession. It is a, a corporatist operation that really is damaging to this country. All right. Let's go to Maria, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, KRLA. Go. Yes, you have taught us your amazing how to fight. So has President Trump. I'm so tired of conservatives saying all is lost, America's gone, 
Let somebody else do the work. No, we all have to do the heavy lifting. You have shown us how to do this, Mark. And really, we cannot take our foot off the gas for one minute. This, this, these are results thanks to you. And what I love what you do are your Levin rushes when you say, okay, we got this bill, call all your senators, call all, you know, the representatives. That is an excellent tactic. I just wanted to let you know, and thank you for all that you do. Well, you're very, very sweet. It's all of you who make these things happen, and others, no question about it, others who are affected, who don't listen to the program, but it's all of you. Thank you, Maria. I feel this way. There's so many of you out there, and so loyal to this program and to me it's a blessing and so we need to use our numbers against the enemy we need to use our numbers against the enemy and so if each of you or a decent percentage of you you know pass the message along alert people to what's taking place and so forth and so on we can get around over under the media As you know, I'm not even on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Virtually everybody else in talk radio is. I don't like it, and I left them. And I left them. That's a matter of principle. I'm on Parler, and I'm on Getter. That said, this demonstrates whether I sell 1.2 million copies of American Marxism, whether there's millions of you who, who are committed to this country and your family and your faith, we don't need to define, define, I should say, we don't need to define our values and our beliefs through MSNBC and CNN. We have nothing in common with these people. Absolutely nothing. Now they lie about critical race theory. They're lying about Yunkin. They're trying to turn him into something evil. They always lie about you. And now white women in the suburbs are now racists. I just want you to keep something in mind. The board of directors and the CEO and the other executives at Comcast, they allow this to take place. The board of directors, the CEO and so forth of AT&T, they allow CNN to do these things. Because they are pushing an agenda that is so hostile to this country, that is so, so violent in terms of their propaganda and their hate. It's unbelievable. So if you want your kids taught properly, history, mathematics, English, social studies, whatever you call it, you're a racist because you don't want them to be taught race. No, we, we want them to be taught everything. And yet, they say CRT is not being taught. So they defend it out of one side of their mouth, and then they say it's not being taught out of the other side of their mouth. That's what happens when you have very stupid people who are liars on TV. That's what we're dealing with. Very stupid people who are liars on TV. Let's go to Nick Shiloh, Illinois, uh, on XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. Uh, yeah. Um, the only reason why I had the subscription to uh, SiriusXM is to listen to you. Um, kind of piggyback I didn't even, I couldn't hear you. Say that again. Uh, the reason I have the uh, SiriusXM uh, subscription is to, uh, is to listen to you on... Uh, on well, thank you very, very much. Just to kind of piggyback off, yeah, just to kind of piggyback off the last caller. Um, 
uh, yeah, um, I have a lot to thank to my dad who, uh, you know, kind of raised me the right way and uh, listened to uh, Rush Limbaugh quite a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, now you. Um, but, uh, yeah, just kind of going back to the Terry McCaughlin thing about how him and his whole uh, group out in Virginia pretty much says uh, that we don't uh, have a say in the school system and everything and how you um, kind of say, you know, we do, we do, we own the schools pretty much. Um, and then kind of going back to uh, – how the entire Democrat uh, Party, um, you know, uh, kind of says that all the way, all the way up to the presidency. Whenever uh, Joe Biden was running, and he had that uh, um, encounter with that union worker, who uh, he looked him in the eyes and said that I don't work for you, um, and it, it kind of uh, he put him lot. down. He put him down. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a you know that's that's kind of what I wanted to say. And, uh, All right, Nick, I appreciate your call very, very much, sir. Joe Biden has. I I don't know what this union support for Joe Biden's all about. He's a job killer. He's got wide open borders for illegal immigrants coming into this country. I don't think he's a union guy. I think there's certain unions uh, that own him, like the teachers unions and so forth. But in terms of the private sector unions, he hasn't done a damn thing for private sector unions. He hasn't done a damn thing for the cops and the firefighters and their unions and the emergency personnel and on and on and on. He's not a union guy. He's a hack. I'll be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. See, there's a number of pernicious strategies taking place in the media, including some conservative media. And that is, number one, to use this election once again to trash Donald Trump. And the template they tell us is how to keep the Trump base without embracing Donald Trump. Donald Trump's name came up more in the race in Virginia than Glenn Youngkin's name came up. The Trump base is nothing more than patriotic people who love their country and want to save it. And so when faced with these American Marxist movements like critical race theory... And Terry McAuliffe, the old bagman for the Clintons, who's pushing every one of these Marxist movements. The Trump base is patriotic. And so they're going to fight against and vote against individuals like this and vote for somebody to defeat them. That's the way it works. It's a binary process. Glenn Youngkin did not, in any way, say anything critical about Donald Trump. Nothing. He was baited. They tried to push him into that position. He wouldn't do it. But he also wanted to run as his own man, and that's exactly what he did. And there's nothing conflicting about those two things. Nothing. So the template is not to run away from Donald Trump. The template is to unite as many people as you can. Now, again, as I explained to a caller not too long ago, they kept showing Donald Trump's numbers in Virginia, 
and in New Jersey and some of these counties. Donald Trump lost Virginia by 10%. That's what they keep saying. There is no way Donald Trump would lose Virginia by 10% today. Biden ran a campaign as a phony, as a moderate. Now he has his real record. Now he can't put one foot in front of the other as he shuffles away. So he wouldn't lose by 10% now. He'd likely win. That's my opinion. But he certainly wouldn't, wouldn't lose by 10 points. Let me put it that way. So the media are trying to create narratives all the time, narratives all the time, narratives all the time. They know Trump is the front runner if he wants to run in 2024. So they're trying to tell Republicans, don't do that. There's a different template out there. In addition, the same Republicans they're trying to lecture, they're now calling racists because they oppose these elements of the American Marxist movement. I just wish more people, particularly politicians and particularly guests and contributors to the various programs that we like, would use the phrase American Marxism because it would put them on defense immediately. We would know how to explain it, how to go on offense. And they can keep saying racism all they want when we call them, no, that's actually part of this American Marxism movement. What do you mean by that? You understand. But they don't seem to have the courage to do it. It's very bizarre. The other side will call anybody and anything a racist. And so immediately our side plays defense. Don't play defense. These are reprobates. As I was closing out last night's program, I told you that I thought despite what some people were saying on television and elsewhere, that, that Youngkin would pull it off by two or three points. And I said I could be wrong, so don't hold it against me. And I could have been wrong. <clears throat> but as I was looking at these rural counties and a couple of Democrat counties that went Republican, it just seemed to me that Fairfax County and Prince William County, the two biggest counties in Virginia would not all of a sudden dump so many Democrat votes into the system uh, to overturn what looked to be the outcome from my perspective. But look, you never know. You never know how this is going to work. Let's go to Chris Frederick Maryland, the great W-M-A-L. Chris, go right ahead, please. Mark, hey, uh, uh, first of all, it's an honor to talk to you tonight. Thank you. And... I just wanted to say, I, I keep hearing everybody saying that, you know, all these Democrats and stuff on, you know, CNN and all this, all these little bites I hear that critical race theory is just a, a non-existent boogeyman. But actually, I'm over here in Maryland, and some stuff was sent to me from my county's schools, and it had critical race theory components in it. And um, I don't know if it was taught in the schools, but it was sent out by the <clears throat> public schools here. And it had all kinds of stuff about white privilege and oppress, uh, oppressor versus, you know, uh, the oppressed peoples. Absolutely. And, uh, race, race was definitely a factor. So I'm not saying they have a class. I'm not saying they call it, this is critical race theory at 11 o'clock on Wednesdays. They don't do it like that. But this stuff is being incorporated. Okay? Of course. You're and right. it's, a pub, it's sent out by the public schools. And so it's a thing. I mean... They can deny it all they want, but this is a thing. So I just wanted to make that comment. You're obviously a white racist, sir. 
I deny that. Nope. Sorry. Not me. Actually, they're the racists. You know, most Americans don't think this way, do we? We don't think about race. We have friends. It's a very, very diverse society. Even the suburbs, very, very diverse, much more than ever before. 40% minority on the inner suburbs, 40%. And uh, we're very beneficent in terms of immigration. We don't like illegal immigration, but in terms of legal immigration, more than any other country in the world, really. And uh, we send our men, our young men and young women off to war, typically to fight in wars these days that involved uh, minorities, people of color. And, uh, you know, to hear internally the Democrat Party, the fraudulent media, the corrupt media, and these American Marxists all trash this country and trash the people, it's really grotesque. It's absolutely grotesque. And uh, it's really picked up in the last three years or so. Chris, I want to thank you. Excellent call. I appreciate it. Let's see. Let us continue. Let's go to Holly, Covington, Kentucky, XM Satellite. Holly, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm, I'm great. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Good. Love your show. Liked your book even more. Thank so you. So I have volunteered. I Thank you. You're welcome. I have volunteered uh, in political campaigns since I was in college as a college Republican. And just to kind of tip off my age, I met candidate Reagan when I was 19 years old. Um, so I've been in. So you know, you're I've, only. Is that 1976 or 80? Um, when I was when I was in college, I was in. This would have been. No, when you met Reagan. Mm-hmm. When you met Reagan. Oh, I think it would have been 19, like 79. Mm-hmm. So you're about 60. 78 or 79 in there. Yes, I am, sir. Yes, I am. Well, congratulations. So, That's very young. So, oh yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. So. Um, I always like to listen to the opposition news because, you know, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer kind of kind of philosophy. And they are still um, chattering about, you know, there is no race, critical race theory. It's a dog whistle on how, you know, white supremacy has won the day. And, and I have to tell you, you know, the, the Republican Party of today is is much fresher, much more focused, um, much uh, better than it was, you know, in when, in the 70s and 80s. And it's, it's just very refreshing to hear this. And it, it seems like the left has not learned anything from these election results. They are so out of touch with the average American. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I start off the program talking about this briefly. All this is going on. Where is the Republican establishment? They're absolutely nowhere. Where is McConnell? They're absolutely no. That they watch these things happen like they did the Reagan Revolution, like they did the Tea Party, like they did the Trump Revolution, like they did this and this this movement. This is a movement now. And I just want to point this out to you. We do need to look over our shoulder because McConnell does not like these these base movements that he doesn't control or that he can't direct. So we are going to need to keep our eyes open about this. So I, I agree with you completely. Um, I think that, uh, you know, because I live in Kentucky now, grew up near Chicago, live, live in Kentucky now, I think McConnell's days are over. I think, you know, he's just kind of riding the, the wave. He's in no one I speak to is planning on voting for him again. I think there'll be a lot of uh, primary action for him, and, and I, I just think his days are numbered. But it's, you know, there, there's a few leaders at the top that kind of aren't getting involved, but the, the group underneath that is very involved and passionate. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that those are the leaders of the future, and, and the current leaders are just not going to be around much longer. You're right. I think there's fresh ideas, fresh voices, fresh faces out there. I mean, it's ridiculous. When you look at the leadership in the Democrat Party, they're all in their 80s, pretty much. When you look at the leadership in the Senate, I mean, McConnell, if he's not 80, maybe 78 or something like that, it's, it's really quite ridiculous at this point. Holly, I want to thank you very, very much. You take care of yourself. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Joseph, Staten Island, New York, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I just wanted to say before I start, God bless you. You're a national treasure, and thank you for all that you do in walking towards the fire, come with me, and fighting the good fight against cultural Marxism. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. You got it, buddy. Um, yeah, I just want to touch base. I was telling the call screener, I can't stop thinking about McCullough, how he was just so blunt about how he feels that parents don't have a say in their children's education and mm -hmm. just like how biden said if you don't vote for me you're not black he was merely echoing what the entire well i would say the vast majority of the democratic party thinks mm -hmm. is that parents do not have a right to uh, have a say with their kids are uh, taught in schools and that children are, are to be indoctrinated and controlled by the state and the state is to be the arbiter of truth and the transmitter of values Cultural Marxism. Now, whether or not McCulloch was knowledgeable, whether or not he's knowledgeable in cultural Marxism or blindly subscribes to that ideology, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what he said was what the left basically feels. And I, I just can't believe he was so blunt about it. And, you know, I, I know, like, fellow Levinites, we know exactly, you know, what's at stake in the fight and what we're up against, which is cultural Marxism. But to, you know, the average American who may not be well versed in Marxism and know what it is, you know, typical, like, as you saw the parents fighting back and they elected uh, Youngkin, thank God, it goes mm -hmm. to show that the moment the Democrat Party is the least bit truthful about their ideology, people don't vote for them. Yeah, they get cream. People reject Yep. Yep. You're exactly right, which is why they say, oh, there's no such thing as critical race theory. And if there is, oh, you don't want people to teach you about race. And if that's true, you must be a racist. So you're exactly right. And they don't want to run against a candidate. They want to run against a, an image or a caricature that they create. So they don't want to run against the person they're actually up against. They want to create something else, a silhouette, if you will. And they don't want to run on the issues. They certainly don't want to explain their issues and the consequences of them. So they accuse you of stuff. And I would say Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, just like Murphy in New Jersey, the vast majority of their ads were highly negative, incredibly dishonest ads. And uh, they also have the support of the, uh, of the corrupt media, which do exactly the same thing. You're pretty, you're pretty up to the, up the speed on this stuff. How old are you? I'm 29. So you really do some good reading, yeah. don't you? Oh, yeah. But matter of fact, I just read... Uh American Marxism, I pre-ordered it, and I read Chapter 4 going on. This is my third time about to start tonight, actually. I read Chapter 4 twice, and going to pick it up again and start reading Chapter 4 just to, you know, stay up to date and just keep a my, uh, my brain sharp. I go yep. back and look things up, too. Uh, but I want to thank you very, very much, Joseph. Good job, buddy. God bless you. And um, I want to thank all of you, actually. 
Let us go to Patrick, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. And I want to thank you in the audience and hey, all hey, of our Chris fellow Lally. patriots hey. for these victories. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Patrick. Be a fa- oh, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a fan no matter what your reaction is to this. I, I'll tell you, I think uh, Speaker McConnell gets kind of a bad rap. We, we owe him a lot as Majority, uh, Minority leader in the Senate. Yeah. That, that's true. Uh, fair, fair point. But, I, you know, we're plus one Supreme Court justice. I think he's masterfully played out the current scenario. Uh, it's not really that hard. I mean, the Democrats were using the filibuster rule to block circuit court judges. And uh, then when it came to the, the uh, Supreme Court, they got whacked back. I think any leader of the Republican Party, honestly, would have done the same thing. Why wouldn't they? I hear you. I, I hear you. But I also think ideologically he's more aligned with us, but he's also the consummate maneuver within the rules. Within the I got to go. I know I know a lot about him, actually, a lot that I hear from other senators, too. But that's just my view. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I want to salute you. You folks are unbelievable. You are tremendous patriots, you, your family, and your friends. God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow.